listeners. You're listening to Vicious Cycle, the podcast about periods and the people who get them? It's been a while. Is that a question? <laughs> are you? Is this what this is? Are you though? Is that what, are you listening to that? Is that what this pot? I'm lost. Yes. Is this real life? Um, where am I? Who is what? <laughs> but you are listening to Vicious Cycle and it is a podcast about periods and the people who get them. You're in the right place. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. Uh, I'm Meg Trowbridge. I'm Kate Elston. And I'm Meg Hayes. We are your co-bloasts. Yeah, we blowed this thing. Blowed it up, <laughs> blowing it um, wide open. And uh, we're pretty excited today because today's a very special day. Kate Elson has brought some bleed search. Poof! Uh, it is doozy. It is a doozy. It's just it's, it's doozy in it up. We need to. I don't speak much during the day anymore. I think is what's happening. Yeah, I know, exactly. right? I do a lot of listening and I don't do a lot of articulating. Yeah, I don't um, <laughs> talk because I, I don't have many coworkers to talk to. So because I work from home because of the pandemic is why. Oh, is that why you're saving yeah. lives? Yeah. So that's why. Mm. And um, I'm, I'm realizing more and more that like the less I talk, the which isn't good because the baby in my belly because I'm pregnant um can not because you swallowed it not because <laughs> i swallowed it um <laughs> just in case people were worried in case this is your first time listening i am pregnant yeah um <laughs> yeah i don't talk a lot during the day and i know and i this is the time of the pregnancy when the baby can start hearing you so i'm like i need to talk more so she can hear me and what i think i might just start doing is playing old episodes of vicious cycle <laughs> <laughs> And then she'll know you guys too. And it just works. It's just, I don't have to talk. Oh my God. <laughs> so call in for your suggestions for Kate's fetus. Yeah. Like what are your favorite fetus episodes? Fetus friendly episodes. Yeah. It's gotta be fetus friendly for sure. And I was going to say also, if you want to call in, I'll play your voice for the baby. I just need sure. to be playing voices. Um, I thought you were going to say, you're just going to like start saying affirmations out loud or yeah. you wanted Meg and I to like help write some like vocal warm ups for you. You can do that because I also have been, I woke up the other day. You guys are going to hate this slash love this. I woke up the other day with this song in my head. I want to be in the womb where it happens. The womb where it happens. The womb where it happens. My little baby in the womb where it happens. You're so right. I both love any <laughs> I was like, what's she going to say? No, that's exactly yeah. right. Do you guys have any period updates? I have an update, but I've been talking. So what, do you guys have anything to update us on? Um, so Monday, I started my period right as I got home from swimming. And I definitely, like all of these thoughts of like pool parties came rushing back because I was at the pool and I was like, I'm bleeding in this pool. Um, but Monday I didn't swim as many laps as I typically do. And then today, so day three of my period, I did swim more and I felt really good. And I secretly heard my dad tell my mom, Megan's really strong. She has really good endurance. Okay. Thanks, daddy After I went inside, I know I felt like a little kid. I was like, yes. But I was like, is this because of my period? Because I always forget which, like, because Kate did this amazing research about athletes and how the first part of your period, if you're, like, 
uh, an endurance runner, like one is better or worse, but I can never remember. Yeah, I think like, what I remember is that the first, it usually is like the first half of your cycle, which would be the first couple of days of your period, or, you know, your period and beyond. It's good for endurance because you can withstand like heat better. Um, I think that's what I remember. Again, it could all be wrong. Model of the, model of the podcast. You have higher estrogen at that time. Yes, so you it's not good to do like start and stop exercises like playing tennis or soccer. That's when you can get knee injuries, but it is good for endurance is what I remember. So that's kind of my update. Yeah, nice. Also, I had a really cool looking clot today. I love that I'm doing Ooh. this over my microphone like <laughs> yeah. I'm whispering and I'm not lowering my voice at all. Um, I'm home at my parents' house, so yeah. Um, I had a really cool looking clot today that was like a comet and it went from like red to brown. I don't know. I just kind of sat and marveled at it for a second. So those are my updates. (laughs) Good updates. Um, Yes, I recently stopped bleeding. Um, I it's kind of it's interesting. I'm um, I'm seeing I haven't really been doing this intermittent fasting thing, but I do think like diet has been a little more predictable and just because I'm stuck at home and we have the same things that we just keep making. Um, and I've been like taking pretty big walks every day and I think it might help be balancing my period a little bit more. That's awesome. Like, cause for like leading up, I would spot for like so many days and now it's averaging about like four days, Mm -hmm. three to four days, which is like, way more normal because honestly I would spot like seven full days and then finally get a big old heavy day week well luckily so like the whole thing would could be between like six to eight or nine days where once the period really started it would be a heavy day a medium day and then be done um interesting I also just from my big walk today uh I'm pretty sure I got a big old mosquito bite uh boo they are out so that's, that's so cool. My update. That's it sounds yeah. oh. like you have been um, inspired by some of our episodes that you that our listeners may or may not have listened. Yeah, to. yeah. I think yeah, that's listeners. As always, we're recording these a little out of order. And that's just right. how it is. So, so you know, don't track so our they cycles come before or after. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't track our cycles. Don't track my pregnancy because I'm gonna yeah. be all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna hear a baby in the background at some point <laughs> in the middle of the season. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, the the only other update is something that uh, I guess will be demystified for me because Kate, you're seeing doctors plenty, um, but I'm there's a chance that I have like a UTI or some sort of infection thing going on. Mm. Um, so I messaged my doctor today to be like, mm, "Hi, this," oh, no. and I assume we'll do like a teledoc thing, but. For that, I feel like they're going to want to get up in my canal. Yeah, so. you'll just maybe like pee in a cup in a lab somewhere. Oh, yeah. I've been doing a lot of that lately. Ooh, fun. Just like driving to random parking Lions. lots and yeah. like peeing. In- yeah, peeing, <laughs> peeing anywhere I can, really. And just being like, is yeah. someone going to check that for me? Thanks. <laughs> is there that little window thing? Where's the window thing? Um, is this McDonald's? So I have a cool update that I had the 20-week ultrasound this week 20 weeks so i'm exactly 20 weeks well about yeah like 20 weeks in a day if we're being specific um we're currently in late july um and 
I want to show you guys some photos because obviously yeah. we, uh, you guys have seen my colon. <laughs> You've seen yeah, yes. my blood. You've definitely seen my blood. So yes. now it's time for you to see the inside of my womb. The womb where it Yay. happens. Yay. Um, but before I show you, I want, it was kind of cool because th- so far Carl hasn't been able to come to any of my appointments because of COVID, but this time he was, I don't know if it's a new hospital policy, they're loosening restrictions or if it was because it's such a big deal because this is the yeah. ultrasound. I'm pretty sure it was because of restrictions. Um, because this is the ultrasound where they look at, they just make sure the baby's limbs are accounted for. Um, I did have an ultrasound like, I don't know when, who couldn't remember at this point, but it was the first time I saw her face and no. that one they check for like da- signs of Down syndrome and other chromosomal disorders. This one's to be like, are all the fingers there? Is there club feet? Is there cleft mm. palate? And everything looks really, really good, apparently. Yay. Um, so we see her and like she's there with her little feet skis and like everything. Oh. It's like so amazing. We see her heartbeat, like rapid heartbeat. Um, and but the cool I think some of the cool stuff was like I got to see my placenta or her placenta. Whose placenta is it really? I don't know. It's a good question. It's it's both of yours. It's Nuestra yeah. Placenta. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's the best way. And um and and actually this is really interesting because for the past couple days, Carl and I have been trying to feel for her and I haven't felt her yet. And I've been like, I mean, I've had such an easy pregnancy lately that part mm-hmm. of me was even like is there a baby still in there? Like, is <laughs> did she dissolve? Because I've just... Is she pranking is me? She, like, did she punk me and peace out? Like, <laughs> I just feel like it's been really easy and then I haven't felt kicking. So I was like 1% worried that maybe something had happened and I didn't know. So, um, but it turns out that my placenta is in such a location, I can show you that... I can't feel her yet because it's it's high. It's a high placenta, so I wouldn't feel oh. her kicking yet. And I was like, will I be able to eventually? And they were like, yeah, she'll get really strong. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> okay. Because um, right now she's only 12 ounces. Oh, 12 ounce baby. Yeah, I've, you know, ballooned like 15 pounds. But that's okay. That's fine. <laughs> that's how it Part works. Part of it. Um, apparently, I've a pound of blood is how much I've gained Like you at this point in a pregnancy. Anyway, enough about that. Let's look what? at pictures. Here's a picture of my baby. Wait. <gasps> ah, look at that little hand. And that's my, oh, my placenta is that little cloudy thing above it. Got wow. It. And Got it. They're just little profiles that you like you expect from an ultrasound. But I love that one of her little hand. And then I can't tell what's going on here, but I guess one thing they do is that they identify that it is indeed a lady. (laughs) It has female parts, um, you know, vulva and everything. And Mm -hmm. um, and I knew this from a blood test earlier, but they, you know, they confirm it. And so they like like I'm I think this photo you were supposed to be looking at a vulva or maybe ovaries, but I don't know what we're looking at. Fetal sex. Um, but yeah she definitely confirmed that she saw like the parts and apparently I read at this point in development my baby's growing ovaries that have things that will become eggs so my grandchildren are in me right now grand children if if the baby you know wants children um 
But yeah, and my cervix is long, which was really good because I remember thinking, good, I don't want an incompetent cervix, like the cervix <laughs> episode. Right. Then I started singing Britney Spears in my head. It's fine. Um, <laughs> and we did see two kidneys, which made me think of our episode about when people have two vaginas, they often have one yes. kidney. One kidney. And I didn't say all this to the technician. I didn't want to bug her. But I, in my head, I'm like, right, right, right. Two kidneys are good. Great, great, great. <laughs> wild i'm uh, pretty familiar i understand we're supposed to have uh, two of those <laughs> for <laughs> vagina reasons right <laughs> um, anyway yeah it was really cool i'm like really happy oh, amazing yeah so now you so there's i mean because something i enjoyed thinking about uh is that when women carry boys they have like a little penis inside them for a long time but you have a little vagina inside you vagina and a little vulva, little vulva. i have a future a cervix little future bleeder going on inside me ah uh. Amazing. You know she's going to, I'm going to make her listen to this podcast. Like, that's happening. When she's she gonna, turns 12, we're just going to all come to we'll your do, house. We'll do a live episode. <laughs> Mom, we don't listen to podcasts. We, we take them in through our vitamins. <laughs> we inherit my, the knowledge. My dad asked me what a podcast was today. Oh, so no. I don't think Rick. he listens. <laughs> I don't even so think he's... So the cat's out of the bag. <laughs> Okay, so can I get into my research? It kind of has to start off with oh, yeah. dads, actually, to be quite honest. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I need to have my dad call in because he has some theories okay. about this topic. Yeah, oh, he should. Yeah. Okay, so basically, listeners, if you didn't catch from the title of this pod, um, it's about whether or not it's true that people who bleed sync up their periods. And this, I will have to say, feels to me like some an, a topic that is brought up mostly by our dads like my dad has brought it up I think Meg's dad Meg Hayes's dad has brought it up I feel like it's kind of the number one topic pitched to us by cis male listeners mm-hmm. which is interesting um this episode will take you f- to aboriginal Australia it'll take you to ancient Egypt what? to dorm rooms in northeast private colleges we're going to talk about <laughs> impalas we're going to talk about eels we're going to talk what? about what? men we're going to talk about cis men and how all how this has to do with syncing up. Holy moly. So first of all, I want to ask you guys briefly, what do you think? Do you think menstruators sync up their periods? So only because I've had very good bleeder friends my whole life. And often we will sometimes sync up and then we'll get out of sync. So I'm like, okay, that's, you know, like maybe proof that it doesn't happen. But I do think that um <laughs> i've heard i've heard people talk about it like this before where there can be like alpha bleeders and like like if there are strong hormones in another bleeder that it can impact someone else only cuz friend of the pod Allison Page two-time guest she and i were um doing a sketch show together and she was talking about her really bad period and then like 2 days later early I got my period and I was like, what the fuck is this? So I blamed Allison and I think she might be, you know, yeah. an endo warrior and an alpha bleeder. Wow. Meg Hayes, what you thought? What you think? <sighs> okay. So if you're bleeding one week out of the month, I feel like it it's more common than we realize that you would sync up at least one day here and one day there with friends. So I feel like science has 
shown that it's not actually true, but for the sake of feeling connected to other bleeders, I still want to believe that it's true. Yeah. Because I really like the idea like that closeness and connectivity like remember when on vicious cycle all yes. five of us had our periods at the same time yes, the musical that was kind of crazy yeah, actually. yeah. For, so like the idea of hormones affecting each other it does that does make sense right. to me i i was gonna mention that uh that that when we were doing vicious cycle the musical the three of us plus the two other actors at our, i think our first writers meeting we realized that we were all in various stages of bleeding. Mm-hmm. I was about to start and someone, and then I did by the end of the meeting and then someone yeah. was about to end. And yeah. it was just sort of magical. It was. Okay, so for me, this is kind of what I thought when I started is that people who believe it, like really believe it. It's like the people that believe that your cell phones are listening to you. You can't really convince <laughs> them otherwise, even though <laughs> totally. it's kind of been debunked. And I have thoughts yeah. about that. That's a whole other podcast. Um, it's not <laughs> 5G. Our self- are we getting into 5G right it's now? It's not that our I'm cell phones are listening. It's that we're super predictable and our phones know so much more about us than we think. That's what it is. It, it's because companies collect all of yes. our data yes. and they learn way all too much about All those cookies us. that we say, no problem, take everything. Just Correct. because, you know, your your Google gave you an ad for a Costa Rica vacation doesn't mean that it was hearing you talk about Costa Rica. It means that you're that predictable and basic that you wanted to go to Costa Rica. <laughs> so, so just, by the way, this conversation could totally get us on Firefox. <laughs> Firefox could totally, like, share us now because okay. we were relevant to them. Okay. Also, Meg got engaged to Costa Rica. Way to go, Kate. Yeah, super basic. What a bitch. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Um, Costa Rica isn't even that basic of an example. Um, Anyway. How dare you? (laughs) Okay, so um, actually, so the first thing that I'll bring up that I didn't know is that menstrual synchrony is when periods get closer over a period of time, not necessarily sync up. So it's that over time, they they get closer together. So where did it come from? It came from a researcher named Martha McClintock who looked into this in what has become a famous study. And it's this idea of menstrual synchrony has become to be known as the McClintock effect. Um, She wrote a paper in 1971 where she asked 135 bleeders in a Wellesley College dorm, which was all female school. It is all female school or it was maybe it's not anymore. Anyway. She asked 135 bleeders to recall the dates of their period. She found that close friend groups had periods significantly closer together in April, which was later in the year, compared to that they had in October. So basically she deduced that as the school year went on, periods got closer together among close Mm. friend groups. So other studies over the years trying to replicate this have, for the most part, debunked this theory. Um, a ton of studies have followed. Um, 1992, there was a study that suggested that it was easy for bleeders to inflate their period start dates or just get it wrong because it's all self-reported. So you might, again, think think what you want to think or feel what you want to feel. Um, throughout the 90s, researchers in Israel looked at college dorm roommates, athletes, lesbian couples, mothers, sisters, friends, and colleagues. They found sometimes there was synchrony, other times not. Um, overall, there's this sort of sense that so many bleeders have a variety of cycle lengths and durations, and then external factors like stress and diet can change it. So it's natural that cycles would randomly overlap, like you said, Meg Hayes. Um, and a study out of China, which ended up being like the longest study that studied this, found no pattern of synchrony. But the researcher hmm. said, yeah, if you like looked at this in a narrow time frame, you might be able to find 
some synchrony, but in the big pattern, it doesn't happen. Um, so sure. another reason why I believe this is because there was another podcast episode that I should dredge up about that female researcher. I believe because then I think she went back and disproved yeah, her original. I'll get there. Okay, cool. I'll get there. Because oh. that was another reason why I was like, oh, well, yeah. I mean, she seems smart. So. Right. <laughs> so I'll get there. But but okay. why? But so, but a lot at the same time throughout all this, other people totally latched on and believed it through the 70s and 80s. Um, but McClintock, like you said, contends that her study in 1971 wasn't necessarily about synced menstruation, but it was about the external stimuli and pheromones that those outside you can affect on you. So she posits pheromones. that she posits that outside effects could make a woman's ovulation change in either direction and fit a pattern. So, hmm. and that's actually what sci- got scientists most interested in the study in 1971 was this existence of pheromones less it was less the menstrual synchrony aspect that really like set off some cool alarm bells but it was mostly the pheromone thing because they're um, like ew gross we don't want to know about that (laughs) pheromones sound cool right exactly so like the idea that so in a 1998 paper she did another paper mcclintock where she exposed bleeders to cotton pads soaked with underarm secretions from other bleeders that were in their first and second phases of their cycles. And she found that that resulted in significantly altered menstrual cycle lengths in the test women. So being exposed to other women's pheromones, she found it's not that they sync up. It's not that there's this effect of synchrony, but it's that pheromones can affect your cycle from other women, other people who bleed. So she thinks that some women are more sensitive to external stimuli and pheromones than other women. And she thinks actually today that she thinks that actually menstrual synchrony is rare, but it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. That's where she lands today. Got Um, it. Okay. um, So she would kind of agree with the idea of like an alpha. Maybe. Yeah. Um, Or maybe the opposite that some people are more susceptible. I also, when I was reading about the alpha, (laughs) alpha uterus, I was just like, in my head, I was like, I'm going to call that a Dorothy uterus from Golden (laughs) Girls. Oh Oh, yeah. Dorothy is giving people menstruation. (laughs) Oh yeah. Yeah. Even when they want it. Yeah. Even when they're in menopause. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. So I just kind of also want to talk like evolutionarily, whether or not this makes sense. And then we can kind of discuss this. Um, like, would it be a good idea for women and bleeders to, to bleed together? Because some people think, um, it wouldn't be a good idea for us to bleed together because then we'd be ovulating together, which would mean make, making, finding a partner harder, right? If we're all competing for men when we're ovulating, but at the same time, some people say, but maybe it's good that we all ovulate together and get pregnant at the same time. And that back in the day, we could have all like been there to support each other. Um, also red tents. We've talked about this when we read the red tent with Molly Sanchez that like syncing up could have been beneficial because you would go to a tent together and be away from the world and be able to just live your life for once. That community. (laughs) Um, for once Harold, (laughs) Harold, um, That's a classic biblical Harold. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Middle Eastern, you know, BC name, Harold. Harold Harold Smythe. (laughs) Is that like astronaut Mike Dexter for you? Yeah. (laughs) But like I said, the myth still stands to this day, even though it's kind of been debunked. Like, 
OBGYNs, women health, women's health experts, doulas, they say they hear it so much from patients and family and friends that you can't really discount all these people that are saying it. If like people believe it, then like, you know, cool. Mm -hmm. But here's what I love. Okay. I'm going to crack my neck in preparation. <laughs> there's a paper, there's this great paper I read out of the York University in Toronto. And the researchers there talk about how it's no coincidence that menstrual synchrony didn't really become a talking point until the study in 1971. Because before that, even like the famous sex researcher Kinsey had never even mentioned it in humans. It was studied in animals. Maybe it was talked about in non-Western cultures. But these researchers out of the York University say 1971 was like the time for this this theory because of new feminism that was coming about in the 70s. Wow. So they write, menstrual synchrony belongs to a late modern world characterized not only by legal access to contraception, the promotion of female higher education, and the privileging of delayed marriage and reproduction, but intense media coverage of intimate matters. So basically these researchers are saying like, this synchrony research came at a perfect time when, you know, second wave feminism and menstruation was becoming a talking point. Women were more in the workplace. They were in athletics more. You know, Title IX was in the 70s. Mm -hmm. There were co-ed dorms. Same-sex relationships were more prominent. They say synchronization was a sisterhood, a psychic refuge, from, and a source of female power. Ugh. So it's true. It's Love like it. this came. this couldn't have come about in any other time, this theory, because... Hmm women weren't prominently like together doing things and like having a life you know yeah so you're saying you have found ancient I'm mentions getting there. getting there wow so yeah because um, i i think because of the red tent even when i didn't know shit when i was a teenager i assumed this was like ancient ancient and i actually remember a nun talking to us about this that like when you know women bleeders would go spend time down by the river during this week and wouldn't yeah. be allowed to be around the men or whatever and would wash their rags in the river and right yeah it's like hey, kind of this ancient um i feel like that was from sister beatrice she was wild she was um, wild she was quite wild <laughs> <laughs> yeah so Real quick, before we go on to cultures through history, another thing about alpha uteruses that I've read was that, you know, I've read a lot of people in like blogs and, you know, videos being like, oh, I totally have an alpha uterus or mine's the beta, mine's the Dorothy, mine's the Charlotte, mine's the Rose, whatever. Uh, Charlotte is Sex in the City. I mixed my shows. Um, God. But people say that like scientists, like women anthropomorphizing, is that the word? Their uteruses is very... Mm female to like because we are all about like social status and making everything in our lives like uh you're such a carry you're such a whatever and then we do that to our uteruses it kind of makes sense you know <laughs> like yeah. so i thought that was kind of cool Okay, so let's talk about other cultures through history. This isn't just a 20th century Western notion that came out of a female dorm in a liberal arts school in the Northeast of Shocking. the United States. Um, in Aboriginal Australia, um, there's a belief that, um, yeah, there's, there's belief that menstrual synchrony existed long before McClintock mentioned it and first documented it. Um, a direct evidence appears in a few ways. There's a cat's cradle game like, you know, with string 
that originates mm-hmm. from the Northern mm-hmm. Territory of Australia, where it's said that three strings represent the menstrual blood of three women, just like an old myth. Cool. Um, there was a dancing ritual from Northern Aboriginal communities that portrayed women synchronizing their blood flows. And there's a supernatural being known as the rainbow snake that has been interpreted as a way of conceptualizing the idea of synchronized menstrual cycles. What? What? Yeah. I feel like I've heard of the rainbow snake before. Yeah. Rainbow snake, I think, is a big deal. I think it has a lot of meanings in Australia, and that's one of them. Um, So cool. Yeah. To be from a culture that celebrates menstruation that much must be nice. Yeah. Um, okay, this, now this one from ancient Egypt, this example was a little hard for me to understand because it was like a very hoity-toity research piece. Um, (laughs) apparently there's a thing in ancient Egypt, we're talking like BC, a lot, um, (laughs) BC, BC so much. I'm there. I can see it now. BC so very much, famously so much. Um, (laughs) there's a thing in ancient Egypt called an ostracon word of the day um which mm. is a piece of clay pottery that has writing scratched into it okay me finding what just that meant took me like a whole 10 minutes i remember okay <laughs> so some think that around 1200 bce okay 1200 a lot okay okay um, a lot an ostracon uh, uh you know scientists found noted that women were going to menstrual huts or something similar um maybe syncing up so they found that what I think I understand about the ostracon is that it showed male work. It was like a check in, check out, like a work, uh, log <laughs> kind of like mm-hmm. a, like a, what's it called? Uh, when you, like, oh, yeah. punch card, punch, punch card. Yeah. It was sort of, of like a punch card. So it showed male workers taking time off. And so we're talking like hieroglyphics on a pot. Yeah. On clay pot. Okay. And they, it was basically an unemployment, an, an employment record. And, it showed somehow I can't quite remember and I'm looking at my notes and I'm not remembering, but basically it showed that like men taking off time to, to be there for their women, for their wives while they were going through period cramps. And it looked like a lot of the women were sinking. So like they could deduce that like there may have been menstrual sinking going on, but researchers disagree. But like, that's something that I read. So like, from from hieroglyphics, they could be like, oh, these men who were not at work was because their women were in menstrual huts and a lot of men were off at the same time, which means maybe a lot of the women were sick at the same time. Imagine um, a world where <laughs> men took know, time off. could get paid time off to, to, yeah. <laughs> to serve us during our periods. At first, I was well, I was going to say like, oh, isn't that sweet? They took time off to take care of their honeys. And I was like, oh, no, it was probably because the women were in the huts and the men had to cook and someone had to cook yeah Yeah. um and then the last example that i found was southwestern ethiopia this was published in 2015 um so not super ancient but not a non-western example um i mean 2015 does feel like ancient history sometimes but uh they found that this tribe of uh, southwestern in southwestern Ethiopia found that young adolescent girls often assert that they menstruate together and regulate their own menstrual cycle. Rather than giving immediate credence to it, its existence, I claim, the researcher claims, that the young girls use the synchrony assertion to change behavior and thereby maintain sexual independence and choice of partners in a society that is marked by significant gender e- inequality and also individual competition. So this, the girls claim to menstruate 
to menstruate together, which becomes a strategy that enhances their agency in a society marred by growing internal instability, conflict, and an uncertain future. So it's the same thing of like the 1970s. Like they say they do it just to like have some agency over themselves. Yeah. And I think it makes a lot of sense. It makes you feel like you're more of a community, like that can change at will like Mm -hmm. yeah and when periods are super unpredictable and they do change with external stimuli whether that's your friends like so underarm soaked pad that is exposed to you or (laughs) just like which we all collect or just like stress it like it makes sense that you'd find some pattern it it feels nice to find a pattern Mm -hmm. um okay so um so many okay i'm like I'm like taking in all of the things that you just said. Um, like one, we should definitely have menstrual leave for people of all genders. <laughs> oh my god, can you imagine? <laughs> um, yeah, that's so wild to like deduce that from freaking clay pots. Also, yeah. wild that they were like, "This clay pot is our our punch card." <laughs> like yeah. wild times. Yeah, <laughs> it was some um, kind of log. It was like who worked that day, you know, like raw worked <laughs> and like yeah i don't know any but not Egyptian. thursday through sunday yeah um yeah and then i mean like you're saying all these things and we know stress affects when you do or don't get your period so i don't i mean it's not totally out of the blue that you would be swayed by other people's right and i don't know yeah. for sure that if we know that like in ancient times menstruators did actually all bleed together I don't know that I've actually ever seen that claim like I think it's thought because there were menstrual huts and red tents but like there still could have been an overlap there still could have been people that did overlap yeah or maybe you were kind of just like in a cohort like you know and that would maybe change over time like the people who were bleeding Mm -hmm. would go to the hut but it wouldn't be all of the all of the people at once yeah Yeah, all of the bleeders exactly all at the same time right but let's talk a little bit about the moon because. Oh, oh I'm so excited. Maybe oh. we don't sync with each other, but maybe we sync with La Luna. <laughs> um, well, the now that you said it like that. <laughs> I found a bunch of YouTube videos from people that. I'm that sure you did. There's a lot of blogs, <laughs> including uh-huh. a, my favorite video was from someone who had just also gotten a haircut from a shaman and she wanted everyone to know. Cool. Um, <laughs> So it was no judgments like, here. Fair enough. Um, it was a holy haircut. You know, was it also like with swords? <laughs> Probably. You know what I mean. <laughs> um, okay, so people in general, a lot across the board, are really stoked on this idea that periods naturally sync up with the moon. I mean, if you think about it, after all, the terms menstruation and menses come from Latin and Greek words meaning month and moon, right? Yep. So there is a yes. etymological through line. There's something there. <laughs> a callback. An etymological callback, if you yeah. will. <laughs> also, I just love, Kate was like, right? That's where menses comes from? Right. And, and, and then there was like four second wait, and then we're like, yes. yes. Sure. <laughs> um, in my head, I was trying to do. Uh, you can quote the Megs on that. <laughs> the Spanish of month, which is meses, which is like meses, menstruation. Yeah. Okay, so. True, right. Correct. So, and if you think about it, and this is what a lot of people who believe this believe the moon cycles mirror the the moon cycles mirrors ovaries 
and our cycles. So human cycles are actually pretty close to the cycles of the moon. Cycles of the moon are at around 29 and a half days, which is pretty close to humans. Yeah. In fact, mm-hmm. I believe we're the only primates that get that close. Wild. Obviously, it's different for all bleeders. We know it could be like 24 to 30, whatever. Um, and then understand. And then if you think about the way the moon is, like people think that a full moon would be like the egg, like you ovulate on the full moon and the moon mm-hmm. represents an egg and then you shed on a new moon. Right. And so people that's called a white moon cycle. There's mm. also a red moon cycle where it's flipped. You would menstruate on the full moon and ovulate on the new moon. Um, and if you're on that cycle, it's believed that you're the healer of the community. <gasps> well, I I'm not the healer because I just shed on a new moon. You did shed on a new moon. That's yeah. pretty cool. Okay, so it's cool, but the full moon is the healer. Can I yes. look up? Can I look up where? I just- yeah, I just did. It. It was just a new moon. So you're kind of you're also shedding. So what on does a that very mean? Newish moon. That means that's like syncing up. That's like the basic sync up. So you I'm shed- not a healer. What am no. I? No, you're Damn. you're just regular. You're the white moon cycle. <laughs> Um, but I'm on the pill, so who knows? Yeah, I don't know if, if it True. really tech people consider. They kind of go, well, if you're on birth control, it's different. Um, mm. But here's the thing. I was like, when I started doing this research last year before I was pregnant, and I was in the bath, like, doing this research on my mm. iPad, and, mm-hmm. like, was like, okay, this is so woo-woo. I can't even like begin to think that this is true but let me like look at my cl- my cycle on my clue app and let me pull up a, a moon chart from the earlier this year oh my god i was sinking with the moon <laughs> for like three the first three months of 2019 last year amazing i was thinking with and i w- without even knowing and then of course and then it got off track and then whatever but it was that same thing of like just knowing that those first three months of 2019 or whatever it was that i was synced up with the moon i was like oh my god <laughs> I am one with space. <laughs> I am one with La so Luna. Cool. Okay, so, so cool. um, basically, from this blog I read that explains a little bit about this, um, mother.ly, um, she writes, our circadian rhythms used to be more connected to the Earth's natural days and nights, and so were our menstrual cycles. She says, the moon affects our cycles for two reasons. One is because of the way we are affected by light and circadian rhythms. The other has to do with gravity. The moon pulls our oceans to her with the tides. And since our bodies are primarily made of water, she pulls in our blood as well. Um, the What do people say is the benefit of sinking with the moon and why do you want to? So people that believe that you should try to get your cycle synced with the moon um, back to its like natural original state is that you'll lose your cramps. You won't have mood swings. No more PMS. Your periods might be less heavy. There might be less days of bleeding. And just in general, you're more in tune with your body. You'll feel more connected to nature and Mother Earth. Um, one vlogger is just like convinced that she unsynced from her friends. So she believed that she was syncing with her friends. Then she tried to get on the moon cycle and she unsynced because she's better than her friends. <laughs> um, of course. Um, so how do people do it? How do you sync your cycle to the moon? Um People say you need to offset effects of light pollution, that light pollution really like effed with modern humans. So, you know, use screens less, um, you know, open, close your windows when you sleep. If you look out into like uh, streetlights, 
one vlogger who actually is the founder, I believe, of the Flow app, the Flow menstrual oh. app. She, she totally believes in moon sinking. She she says that you should wear those yellow glasses that offset the blue light from your screens like Meg Tro has. And she suge- and she suggests that if you have a young daughter to just buy her those and make her wear them all the time, <laughs> like all the time. Um, well, Kate, you get to be one of the early adopters of that. I'm just going to strap a onto her. I need that cycle <laughs> regular, man. Um, people also say, you know, really keep track of the moon. Be aware of it. Um embrace the moon bathe and bask in the moon Mm -hmm. do rituals on the full moon honor the things in your life um they say sleep in a totally dark room except on the full moon you want to sleep by the window so it's basically just like when there's natural light embrace that light from the moon and when there isn't if it's a new moon close all your windows keep it dark one blogger who wrote on the glad rags website glad rags makes the reusable pads she believes it. I think she's just like a contributor to the site. But she said that um, she and her husband sleep in complete darkness and live in complete darkness. Um, when the sun goes down, they put on can- they use candlelight. Um, wow. So yeah, that's like so like she doesn't. Times. That's that's commitment and that's cool because because like uh, Kevin and I both love the moon. We're kind of nerds about it. Um, he's so cute. He like is working on memorizing all the names of the phases and like how to identify them just by like sight and stuff. Um, But so when you said like doing rituals, like for the full moon, I'm like, I would love to do something like, you know, go take a night walk on a full moon, you know, maybe your fasting isn't what's contributing to your better periods, but your moon awareness, my moon love. Well, cause then, cause we do that too, where Kevin was like, it's too bright on our street. So we have like blankets on our windows to keep our bedroom very dark. But there are times where every so often I'll keep one of the blinds slightly open because I like waking up with the daylight. Um, And every so often the full moon will be westerly and it will wake me up with its brightness. Wow, that's beautiful. Thank you. Wow, you're basking. That's that's considered basking, I think, in the moonlight. Oh my God, I've been basking this whole time. basking. Um... (laughs) And then here's another reason why people think that the sinking with humans isn't that far-fetched because other animals live by the moon, right? And it might not be menstruation-wise, but, you know, prey don't come out in the moonlight because they're going to be eaten by a predator. Um, they Their life is dictated by the light of the moon. So why wouldn't ours be? Um, I, I, read, I found a PBS video about this. Um, they said un- Thanks, PBS. some kind of underwater worms... And eels mate when it's dark to avoid predators. Because um, you know what? Nothing's worse than when you're in the middle ugh. of coitus and you get attacked by a predator. It's the fucking worst. Like, there's nothing worse. We've all Highs been there. <laughs> um. <laughs> High highs and low lows. And low lows, yeah. <laughs> gerbils avoid foraging at night during a full moon because it'll be more likely they're eaten by owls Mm -hmm. um fiddler crabs are more active at full moons because tides are higher so they can burrow for longer all these animals having sex like i didn't this is all about mating no i mean it can be i mean they can't gerbils only bang when it's dark new moon i mean they have to i mean if they can't forage they definitely can't forage 
<laughs> what they do in the shadows. Am I right? <laughs> oh, um, sorry. Also, when we let's talk about actually mating and stuff, impalas apparently roar at the full moon, which triggers roar? their female mates to ovulate. What? So the full moon like makes the dude Impala's horny and then the women are like, oh, did someone roar? I'm ovulating. Uh oh. Egg like, just dropped. Funny because I feel like when men roar, my body does the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Your eggs actually shrivel back I'm into like, their ovaries. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, you know, there's, I'm sure we've all heard like people that work in bars or restaurants that say like, oh my God, on a full moon, the customers go crazy town. Mm. So, you know. And hospitals, emergency yeah. rooms, because oh. um, I worked kind of closely with a priest at our university. He was the head of my department. And he said, because he worked, you know, with hospitals, that like ERs are crazy at the full moon. Could, yeah, I'll have to I believe ask it. my brother-in-law that question. Yeah. He's also, a doctor. Doctor, doctor. Um, also, like when we think about like during this quarantine, have pe- have people's periods been weird because we're not like outside a lot? Like, have our know. periods been out of whack because we're not like in br- we're not basking? We're no longer basking in moonlight. There's no basking. pheromones except your own. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. So it's all messed up. Should okay, we be so- sending each other pants with our underarm smell? <laughs> I, Meg, oh man, I wonder. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, Dad, that's I mean, for me. Don't open it, Dad. Dad, Dad, Dad you're gonna Step get away. pregnant if you open Step that. Away. <laughs> Step away. Um. Okay. Here's a little uh reality check, though. So, like I said earlier, the Flow Living app. I believe. So I know that their founder is like totally down for moon sinking, and I believe that their app also includes. You can, you know, a uh, 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 a designation for what cycle of the moon you're in so like Mm. when you track Mm -hmm. but clue the app that i use and i believe you guys use um totally debunks it they say that their data science team analyzed seven and a half million cycles of their users and found no correlation between lunar phases and the menstrual cycle or period start date um and and the clue is just very scandinavian and doesn't want us to have any any fun um (laughs) Yeah, there's, there's, there was no there was no correlation and that PBS video about the Impalas and the Eels. They said it's probably a coincidence that we're 29 days and the moon might be and because it doesn't affect our primate cousins. They don't there's no there's no Interesting. sinking with like monkeys and baboons. OK, so we've talked about Wellesley. We've talked about. Also, Other like, cultures. of course, we've talked about Wellesley when talking about yes, sinking. Of course. It <laughs> yeah. only makes sense. It all Please. starts with Wellesley, Please. famously. Yep. Um, we've talked about uh, African tribes. We've talked about ancient Egypt, like, so much BC. So <laughs> let's now talk about non-menstruators. Let's talk about okay. the cis men. Let's talk about them. It's about time they got some airtime. <laughs> they, there is a... We've this was actually brought up, I believe, by Jane Adame in our episode when she came on to talk about her her um, accessible menstrual cup. She just brought this up like in passing that men mimic our menstruating. And I have found this. So there is a book I'm going to sh- read out of. Um, it's very it's a book. She has an actual book in her hand. I do. It's very woo woo. I've had this in the library since like November because I haven't returned it because of the pandemic. Um, sorry, San Francisco Public Library. I, it is coming back, but I can't imagine anyone wants it. <laughs> and when they do, they're going to see 
a hundred dog-eared pages. I, every page I was like, oh my God. Okay, so, so what's the title of the book? Okay, the title of the book is Blood, Bread, and Roses, How Menstruation Created the World. Ooh. So it's Ooh. by... Also, you you have to put a Vicious Cycle sticker in there. Oh, right? that's a great idea. <laughs> um, it's by Judy Gron. And I don't think... I think she's just like a woo-woo poet. I don't think she's a scientist or anything. So it's very... Um, very Berkeley. I'm not sure if she's from Berkeley, but it's very Berkeley. Wesleyan. It's very Wesleyan. Wes Wellesley. Wellesley, but also um, Wesleyan. I don't probably. even know the difference. Um, okay, so she says that. Let me read this to you. This is about like ancient cultures. While women bonded through entrainment with the common flow of their blood, including birth blood, and created an increasing complex of rights, men bonded and created rights entirely their own, yet centered on exactly the same subject. Probably the most obvious and easiest crossover right was a translation of menstruation into bloodletting. That all blood is menstrual blood is well illustrated by practices of men in which they deliberately produce blood from their own bodies. <gasps> So like Whoa. blood oaths, like, like for instance, um, there are a lot of cultures where when men, when boys would become men, they knock their teeth out, um, in a ritual, in ritual ceremonies. There might wow. be fight clubs and fist fights, um, where all the boys at once Whoa. sacrifice some blood and they would treat the blood in a lot of these cultures with the same taboos that women would like the blood can't touch the ground. Women can't mm. look at us. We have to do this in secrecy. Um, they would hide out together and like ban the women. Also a little, um, grossly is the only word I can think of. They would also sometimes in some cultures, including in Aboriginal Australia, they'd cut their penises to mimic menstruation. Like they would bloodlet from their penises. Um, according uh-huh. to a British anthropologist, some Aboriginal tribes did this with the new moon. Wow. Okay. So I would now like to play you this scene from, from Fleabag. I'm going to play it for you right now. Women are born with pain. I fucking love this scene. It's our physical destiny. Period pains, sore boobs, childbirth, you know. We carry it within ourselves throughout our lives. Men don't. They have to seek it out. They invent all these gods and demons and things so they can feel guilty about things, which is something we do very well on our own. And then they create wars so they can feel things and touch each other. And when there aren't any wars, they can play rugby. And we have it all going on in here, inside. We have pain on a cycle for years and years and years. I love that scene. That's like her I talking to some mentor. Love that scene. So this is basically what our friend Judy is saying too, that like men have to seek this out. And not only have they sought this out, but in some cultures they would like physically mimic our bleeding and our rituals. They would wow. do it together. They would hide out from the women and they would sometimes do it on the new moon. Um, wow. So this idea that we sync with the moon is not new. I mean, that's the thing that makes it seem so plausible is that it's been a belief of humans for like thousands and mm-hmm. thousands of I think thousands it, of yeah years. I think if you it takes just like two months to kind of connect the dots and be like huh, yeah that thing <laughs> oh, looks, that thing looks like an egg which I know I have so I don't know. true <laughs> um okay so this is what this all of this about the men and the bloodletting and whatever 
Now, this part gets a little woo-woo-y, but she, Judy it. says this all leads to what she calls thievery. She says, I believe the male is always one step removed from an actual physical correspondence with a lunar cycle and from other metaphoric tools of the menstrual and birth huts. And because of that, he has developed an ingenious tradition of ritualized, ceremonially acknowledged thievery. Now, she says that basically men have been thieves in our society. They steal our rituals. They steal our things. There's tons of myths out there where like men steal the sun from the women. There's like, you know, noted examples of like, you know, men raping and pillaging villages, obviously, like taking things Mm -hmm. from us. Um, And then she like links that back to like, you know, ancient times men might like raid a woman's house and how like today in fraternities, men do panty raids in colleges. Um, So basically she says this leads, this is like a big, this is a big theory from, from this is her master's thesis. This is her, yeah. Feminist (laughs) poetry. From, exactly. She, she, she says this leads to men stealing our narratives and our goddess based sexuality based religions which all ends up with them, with the men, establishing this Christian male god, a god who bleeds on a fucking cross, and then that kind of blood is considered noble and clean, while all the women are tabooing it up, bleeding on themselves and having to hide it from the men. Oh. I, oh. Okay. okay. You I'm just, just threw try. a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to like just wanted to document my face translate so if you think about it Christian the Christian religion is all about celibacy repression oh I'm familiar excluding women excluding women shaming women as opposed to religions that came before which was about sexuality and embracing the woman goddess and the presence of women so basically she says Judy says all of Christianity and Christianity and thus all of the problems that followed in the world stem from because men are jealous that we bleed. Wow. Mm. And which brings us back to our dads who are always bringing it up, always talking about <laughs> it. So here's where I want to end this research on. The men think we fucking bleed together. Let's let them fucking think that. Honestly. Let's make a pact that we're just going to like pretend that we're constantly synced up that we're way more powerful than 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 who like than it it actually is yes our ritual that our podcast somehow excludes them and that's fucking okay because we have our own little rituals and they can like cut their dicks in half if they want to but (laughs) we're gonna always bleed together and that's the end of the bleed search and that's that when when one of us gets pregnant, the others absorb the menstrual power, you know, but we take it on until, you know, wild. they get their epic. Yeah. Also, and like, back. this is yeah. why trans men are like the ultimate allies for us too. <laughs> like wild. So the next time someone asks if, if women sync up, just, I, I say, just be like, yes, yeah. we sync. Yeah. It's, we have a whole episode about it. Yeah, we do. It, it's all that women, we can't help it. We're just that powerful yeah. and you aren't. And that's really sad. Yeah. We're just like, we have a direct line to the moon and each other. It's weird. And it's all unspoken. Yeah, it's <laughs> we, so weird. So like you a white probably... phone that we call directly. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. So any questions or any thoughts before I play my song for you? Oh my God. I this song. I mean, I think that's, that is so interesting to me. And like, yes, fuck the patriarchy. Uh, 
Because, yeah, I mean, it just constantly shows over and over how, over history, um, cis men have been so fragile about keeping power or getting power that they've just done so many things and stolen so many cultural things and literal things from people and then try to make those same people feel bad. And like, oh, my God. Yep. Oh, I feel like we could talk about this for so long. So, Meg, I think that's really smart what you're saying. And it makes me think about, I've been thinking a lot about, um, like, individualist societies versus collective societies. And I think there's something to say within, like, the gender binaries of women create life. And so there's so much community that comes with that. And, like, Mm. met, and again, we're talking, like, super binary here but like cis men can't create life and so I wonder if there's just kind of this inherent individualism that stems from Mm -hmm. that experience unless you're raised in a community that's very communal you know and like reminds you of of your role within that community Okay, let me play the song for you now. So basically, I recorded this already because I wasn't sure how it was going to sound through Zoom um, if I sang it. But I just wrote a little little simple song about just how I felt about this topic and how I think a lot of us feel. I just wanted to be like Prodigy or something. (laughs) Bleed with me. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I was sleeping and woke up with some cramping It's the classic day one feeling Of a monster that keeps pounding at my womb I (laughs) ran to the bathroom And I grazed my roommate's hand As we both reached for a pad Screaming out the words I said I'm sinking with you On day two, I went into my workplace and had to go to the restroom. And in the next hall was my boss, Siobhan. She was changing her tampon because she started last night too, saying, well, it's the new moon. And then I shouted in the loo, I'm sinking with you. I'm sinking with you. We both check stains on our pants. McClintock has been debunked, so maybe this is pure chance. (laughs) I'm sinking with you. It feels so good to have this. From Australia to Egypt, but men do it? That's bullshit. Oh, wait now, the cis men think this happens. They believe we're super witchy and seeing how it's going with COVID. From New York to Madrid, don't you think bleeders need connection? A place where we can vent a spiritual red tent. Let's all be synced up. I'm sinking with you, Megs. I'm sinking with you, listeners. I'm sinking with you, my male lady. I'm sinking with you, people I zoom with. I'm sinking with you, Whole Foods cashiers. I'm sinking with you, my cats. I'm sinking with you, plants. I'm sinking with you, squirrels. I'm sinking with you, my spatula. I'm sinking with you. <laughs> Thanks for taking the song as seriously as sinking is. (laughs) 
So thank you everyone for listening to the bleed search. Um, Kate, thank you for the bleed Ooh. search. That was so thorough. Thank you it. got a book from the library. You've done that before. I, yeah, I um, impressed. I did. I, yeah. It was a long time coming. You know, I wanted this research. Ideally, I was hoping that we could do this research live in front of. I a think bunch we of could again. There's so could. much information, yeah. and I think people could re-listen. You could hear this again. So maybe in like a year or so, when everything's back to normsies, hopefully we can do this in front of an audience but and when kate has her period again and we can all sing yeah, yeah. because i'm not i'm not sinking with you but i yeah. am sinking with you i um, love sure. that song sure. and i love all oh, the thanks. people that we're bleeding with all over the world yeah Aww. totally we're all synced up everyone and if you please listeners anything in that that spoke to you if you disagree if you agree if you have a crazy story if you're my dad and you still believe it <laughs> to be true <laughs> because mom said so uh, mm-hmm. call leave a message 9106 uterus yeah, or us. message us or talk to us just you know ring us if you know us yeah, yeah. um yeah that's about it awesome wow. thanks Kate fantastic um okay last week we did a vintage read my labia Z. Yes. <laughs> and I would like to return to that if y'all don't mind. <laughs> Turns out we've it. dug deep and we've got even more. I had some thoughts. Love it. But <laughs> you guys have to put a new spin on the song now. Okay. Meg Cho, you, you do it. Oh, okay. Hey, my darling, read my labias. I oh, I have a banjo in my ear. Bong, 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 bong. Read my labias. Read my labias. <laughs> um... Here's the thing, though. Our vintage Dream My Labias are going to be from, like, 1993. So, like... That's a good point. It's more like Nirvana, which <laughs> yeah, our Read so My Labias like, already works for. Don't turn around <laughs> if you want to read my labias. Yes. Because <laughs> you'll always read my labias. Oh. Okay. Labias, 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 labias. <laughs> okay, this is mine. I'm in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where I grew up until I was 11. I was probably in fourth grade um, on the bus coming home. So I was probably like 10, maybe 11. And there was a guy, and I cannot remember his name. I want to say it was like Angelo. He was the, he was kind of being, this is like my first experience of, of feeling uncomfortable as a girl. Okay. Mm. He was in my grade. I think he was in my class. He was a little bit of a troublemaker and he kept turning around in his seat, which first of all is against the rules, butts on seats. And he kept like hitting on me as like 10 year old in in a way that like 10 year old to 10 year old does. It's probably like what he's, he's seen his like older brothers do or whatever, but it was that sort of like. Hey, hey, baby, like, how you doing? How you do? And I was so uncomfortable. And like, I mean, the fact that he was my age definitely makes it less weird. Mm. But still just I felt icky. It's like the only way I could describe it. And the thing that really sucked about it was that his aunt was the bus driver. And I kept trying to tell on him and she wouldn't scold him. (gasps) It was like male privilege at the at the fucking and beginning nepotism and nepotism and everything and i was like he's turning around he's bugging me he's saying like mean things to me this is another bus story was our last one oh bus yeah story? brandon on the yes. bus tell me how to steer yeah, problem. so many that's probably what sparked it in this thought um and fucking 
I'm just gonna say his name's Angelo. I was so sh- like rattled when I got to my bus stop. I ran home, just like thinking, I don't know that he was gonna follow me. Like truly, was really scared that he was gonna follow me or something. I went home. I remember it was a rare time when we didn't have our babysitter Vera, who was kind of like my nanny, like my grandma. But my sister was home, so like she was in charge. She was probably like 14. And I ran upstairs and I slammed my door and I was just like kind of like I was just rattled. It's like you I've just been like felt a little violated. Yeah. Then the doorbell rings. <sighs> and my sister goes, Kate. After she opened it, turns out it was just a neighborhood friend asking us if we wanted to play roller hockey. But which of course you did. But- which I did. But I was so scared. I will never truly forget the like how he made me feel in that moment and how the world didn't bring justice to me on that school bus. Yeah. So oh. read my vintage uh. labias about yeah. it. My 10 year old little labias. That's gross. <laughs> my little labias. <laughs> what the heck? Uh, Angelo from Lancaster. Angelo. Ugh. God, it's amazing how I don't come to this with a story. And every time you say one thing and I'm like, got one. (laughs) You were like, you were like three sentences in. And I was like, got one. Clicked. (laughs) Seventh grade. Mm. Seventh grade. Our Lady of Refuge Elementary School in Long Beach. (laughs) I was sitting. I love them. Minding my own business. And the boy behind me, his name is Chris, also a troublemaker, decided it would be very funny if he cut part of my hair. (gasps) No, it's not funny, Chris. It's the opposite of funny. So he cuts a chunk out of my ponytail (gasps) and throws it on my desk. Did Did people tell you that he probably liked you and you shouldn't be mad? Listen, okay. I mean, I'm telling you, it was like two inches, but who gives a shit? It That's was a lot. Two inches out of like a chunk out of your hair. He held a weapon to your head, and so I whipped around and I was like, "What are you doing?" Like I was like <laughs> immediate, like what? And had a big reaction, and he was shocked, completely shocked. He was like, "Uh, uh, uh, I could not um, foresee this uh, happening." I um, he said. I'm getting my hair cut soon. You could cut my hair. And I was like, I'm not going to cut your hair. It doesn't matter. This I don't want an to eye do for that. an eye, hair for a hair situation, <laughs> sir. Exactly. Wait, what grade were you? This was seventh grade. Oh, my God. That is too old for this nonsense. So I told my teacher, Mrs. Bellow, who's an amazing teacher, and I showed her my hair and he got detention. Um, like, and some of the boys were pissed at me for snitching. Oh. They were like, you shouldn't have said anything. It wasn't even that much. He got detention. They were all giving me shit. Like, no. I'm sorry. That is no. no bullshit. Read my labias about it. Read, Read my, my labias. labias. Don't cut other Don't people's cut hair. my hair, psycho. Yeah. Bullshit. Yeah. Also, to any boys listening, don't just fall into solidarity with bros. Like, yeah. Stand up for what's right. Yeah. Ugh. Ponytails are sacred. Read my vintage fucking labias. That is but outrageous. also, like, I kind of feel bad for these boys because they're all probably not doing well now. <laughs> I mean, they're like being creepy on the bus and cutting women's hair. I mean, I don't think they're like CEOs of any companies <laughs> or anything. <laughs> Pan to cut to 
Angelo. He's the head of Merrill Lynch and Chris. Damn it! <laughs> well, His we have CTO. a podcast, so suck it. Yeah, we're doing fine. Thanks. We're doing just fine. <laughs> I pay someone to cut my hair now. <laughs> brag much okay um, meg you go okay so going along this theme um uh i too was inspired by kate's uh it it brought me back to a simpler and yet more disgusting and complicated time um so i grew up in minnesota and uh but we grew up i was in this i was in the suburbs of minneapolis um so we had both the bucolic sweetness of the innocent midwest but it was still like a city. So we still had plenty of ways to get in trouble. Um, and I loved hanging out with this one group of friends who sought out nothing but trouble. Um, and I was How always, how old were you? So the story I'm about to tell, I believe I was 14. Okay. Um, because, uh, <laughs> cause we would go to teen nights. We go to teen nights at the roller rink and at the YMCA. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So we're 14 and we're so excited to be 14 because no, there are no clubs 14 year olds can go to. Thank God. Except for (laughs) Waterworks, which has a 14 and up night. Ew. Like a teen night. Ew. So we get all dolled up in what we think are cool club clothes as 14 year olds. Oh boy. So you're all dressed like Samantha from Sex and the City. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like freaks and geeks. (laughs) Like I'm pretty sure we went shopping. Yes. I mean, honestly, like if I could go back in time, I think there's a photo of us before we all went. Oh my God. And if I find that photo, I will. We're putting it on Instagram. Yeah. Because I'm, if I remember right, I'm wearing like a baby blue spaghetti strap oh, tank Baby top. blue color of the yeah. 90s. Yeah. And like a meshy long cardigan. Okay. I see <laughs> over, it. Over what I assume were. <laughs> I'm so sorry. A meshy cardigan. Long. Kate, how do you see that? I see, cardigan. I, it, I'm there. I'm there. It's meshy? black. It's like black, almost netting, but not fishnet, not sexy. Um, and then I'm pretty sure I also wore sensible slacks, um, <laughs> cause I was I not on your way to an interview. Cute. Yes. Yeah. No, I was like, I could have been mistaken for the mom in this scenario. Um, cause all my other friends were very petite and wore tube tops. And I was like, I'm wearing spaghetti straps under a cardigan. I think I'm doing pretty well for myself. Um, slacks. so, but yeah, so the problem, so my read, my labias is. Fucking, if you have a 14 and up night, you put an age maximum. Yes, There wasn't you an do. age maximum. Do not let 30-year-old men and up into this club Ew. to dance on 14-year-olds. That is disgusting. There and wasn't a maximum? No. It was not a teen night. It oh was just God. like maybe no alcohol night or like maybe bracelet night. Yeah. No, it was... It, I, when I look back, I'm like, that is gross. But that at the place time, it has was, to be shut it's down by been now. Been shut down. I think I think it's closed. But we were exhilarated because we're 14, and like men are trying to dance with us, and we're just like, wow, it's all happening. And it's like, I it, it isn't it amazing when you look back at yourself as a 14 year old. I I remember feeling pretty mature, but now looking yeah, back. It's not the kid's fault. Like, of course, yeah. kids are going to be excited right. to go be with, like, people that are older than them. Yeah. 
It's up to the adults to be like, what's the safest yeah. situation? Yeah. So fucking read my labias. Get it together, Midwest. Oh my God. Wow, those were great. Jesus. Oh my God. Great, great uh, read my labias Vintage to everyone. Vintage labias. Ooh, I, yeah, oh I've opened. God. We've opened a can of worms. We yeah. really <laughs> have. By the end of this season every episode is just gonna be oh here's another vintage read my labia i could keep going by the way you know who patronizes probably those 14 and up nights chris and angelo yeah chris and yeah angelo, no i'm sure they do pieces angelo. of shit listeners thank you so much for listening we hope you enjoyed this episode filled with everything about sinking from people sinking to sinking with the moon to impalas roaring and then making their mates ovulate we hope you enjoyed it um and also that you enjoyed our read by labias thank you so much for listening please remember that um you can always call our hotline 9106 uterus and we will be having the esteemed dr kate back on to take some questions from you so definitely call us if you have a burning vagina a question <laughs> and if you have a burning vagina definitely so in the meantime follow us on instagram next week we're going to be interviewing the amazing andrea coleman who's a, a hilarious brooklyn-based comedian and performer and we had so much fun with her but in the meantime keep calm and, and bleed, bleed everywhere, everywhere.